0: Hello again everybody and welcome back to another episode of Straight Out of Klein with me your host of course Dylan Turnbull. Yes, I still sound like I'm working in a call center. I do apologize. I have ordered a new microphone, but it's going to take a few weeks for it to arrive. But listen, never fear. The headset is here. I have tested out the other mic and it's just it's just seen better days. lads. it's that that choppy crackling sound. I would hate listening to that, and I would complain if I was listening to a podcast with that sound quality. So, yeah, you're just going to have to deal with the headset for now, but listen, at least you can still hear me. It would be worse if you couldn't hear me at all, so yeah, look, there's always that. But, again this week, we are doing a and a mainly because I've had a very busy week. I have finally returned to college, which is absolutely fantastic. I recovered from COVID, which was a battle that's... Having COVID is uh, not very nice, and I wouldn't say I had the most severe case of it, but that's saying something because I had it quite bad. You know, some of the horror stories I've heard from other people who've had it, um, it, it you know, it puts it pales in comparison um you know to to what i had or mine pales in comparison to theirs however that works mine wasn't as bad as theirs is what i'm trying to say but mine was still fairly bad so i'm glad that i'm on the other end of that now and we're back here with another q a because i just haven't had time to think of any other ideas but uh we will start uh, coming up with more topics as the weeks go on and leave your suggestions of course of what you'd like to hear on this show i'm open to all sorts of different suggestions because this is this is our show. It's not my show, it's our show. Obviously on the last show we only talked about wrestling really. Uh, talked about some other things here and there, but it was mainly just wrestling. On Celtic Codec, obviously, we talk about gaming, and on here, we can talk about whatever the fuck it is we want to talk about. So, yeah. Without further ado, let's get into your questions, which you can submit uh, for future episodes over on Instagram, at Reeve. I have updated my username, because someone said to me that having my full name as my Instagram username, it, it's just sore to look at, because I've got a long name. You know, having a double-barrel name does make your name look very long. So I have shortened it to Dylan T.Y. Reeve as opposed to my full name. So you can go over and follow me on that and send in questions that you may have um, that you would like me to answer. But as I say, finally, without further ado, let's get into the questions we have for this week. Starting with a question from Valerie who says, What has your favourite aspect of acting been and what do you hope to do next year acting wise? Very good question. My favorite aspect of acting so far has just simply been the performance side of things. Um, you know, I, I spoke about him in my past life that uh, I loved cutting promos and and performing and being, you know, an, an entertainer and, and being a performer. And that's what I've loved about acting. And to be honest with you, I've loved the... The techniques that we've been learning and the techniques that we, um, you know, do before our performance and, you know, some of the different uh, explorations we do for the characters and, you know, doing the research into characters. I think it's all just everything's been great. There hasn't been a part of it that I haven't enjoyed so far, which is saying something because, you know, we're in the second half of the year now and I'm absolutely loving what we're doing, um, you know, for a bit of a... A peek behind the curtain. For some people who don't know, we're currently working on a classical monologue, which is something I have never done before, and it's a challenge. I won't lie, it's a challenge. It's it's something that's very different and very new to me, but I'm really enjoying it, and it's it it's it's out of my comfort zone, but in a good way. Like I, I'm enjoying the challenge of it. I'm enjoying the um the creative process of it. It's it's really fun, and uh, hopefully we can um. See, you know, more... I've completely lost my trace of thought there. I won't lie. Sorry, there was... You know what just happened there? I am terrified of spiders, as a lot of you will know. And I I like to have a bit of ambience in the room. And I've got my phone kind of lit up instead of turning on the the actual light. And there was something crawling on my TV screen, which looked like a fucking tarantula. But it's actually just a little baby fly. But the shadow made it look like a tarantula. So I'm not going to lie. I've nearly shat myself whilst recording this episode and you know chumps would edit this part out but i'm going to keep it in because i'm i'm a champ i ain't no chump i'm the champ so yeah not going to lie that scared the shit out of me but yeah anyway with classical monologues hopefully um it'll get easier as time goes on i say hopefully of course it will you know but it, it is it is quite tough at the moment but we've got different techniques which um which which are helping and uh, yeah it's it's all great especially you know after we worked so hard on the play we did uh, last month uh, dividing the nation which was an absolute success fingers crossed we'll be doing it again uh, next month or the month after and uh, you know to be doing something different now it it's a breath of fresh air because um you know as I say we put so much work into the play that it was you know it was it was it was great but it was very exhausting towards towards the end as you'd expect but in a good way like i remember finishing the last play and feeling just this sense of accomplishment and even though i was absolutely fucking shattered and couldn't wait to have a drink and go home and go to bed i really uh, just i was so proud of not just me but i was proud of everyone that week you know as i say we we put in put in the, as the rock would say we put in the work put in the hours and took what's ours uh, it was it was absolutely great and not one person put in a bad performance uh, except for Dara. I'm joking, Dara. I'm joking. My my buddy Dara will be listening to this. And I know he's probably just had a little heart attack. But no, Dara was fantastic as Michael Collins. Uh, Ian as Eamon De Valera. Um, you know, there was so many great performances there. Stephen as Arthur Griffith. Uh, Erica as Mary Sweeney. I'm trying to, t- t- to be honest, this is just me trying to remember wh- who everyone played. Um, obviously, I played Cotill Brewer. Uh, Connor is Don Logo Callahan. Some of these names Might mean anything To certain people Who are listening to this But to others it will um, He played Don Logo Callahan, Which was fantastic uh, uh, Why am I forgetting Who else was there uh, Eric it was a guy called Eric Who does radio broadcasting Who played J.J. Walsh And for a man Who'd never acted before you would not have thought it. He was absolutely fantastic. He used his radio performance skills uh, and brought them into an acting environment, which was very impressive, very nice guy, and he deserves uh, a lot of praise for uh, what he did. And yeah, uh, listen, the only sad thing about the play was hearing about uh, poor Johnny, who lost a bit of his leg. So best wishes to him, but everyone else is fantastic. Uh, The second part of the question, got lost on a bit of a tangent there because I got scared by a fucking tarantula, which turned out to be a fly. At least it wasn't a puma, am I right? Some people will understand that. Um, about next year, uh, listen, I have an idea of what I want to do next year. I have one place in mind where I'd like to go. Going to keep that close to my chest right now, but um, I, I have, I have one place in mind where I would be, I would be quite keen on going. And yeah, that would be great if I got in there. And if not, I've got some backup plans. I'm definitely gonna keep acting. I've absolutely fallen in love with acting. Just, you know. So much. And it takes everything that I loved from my past life and my previous, you know, venture in, in performing arts. Uh, and it amplifies it by about 10 because I'm not throwing myself to the ground. I'm not in a position where I didn't feel like I could show off my strengths. And yeah, it, it's just been an absolute pleasure. And listen, I'm kind of sad that we're already in the second half of the year because you know, fucking hell, blink and, blink and you miss it. It's been crazy. It's been absolutely crazy uh, this whole experience, but it's been absolutely fantastic. And yeah, listen, next year I've got a few options. I've got a few things that I'd like to do. Um, and yeah, like in terms of outside of acting, I definitely want to get more uh, back into martial arts. Um, so I'm very excited about that because I've, I've been putting that on hold for a very long time. But uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm, 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 uh, I'm very excited about next year. And Hopefully, in the next few months, we'll know more about that. Up next, we have a question from Craig, who says, Francis and Ganu versus Cyril Gann, who you got? Oh, lads, I am absolutely buzzing for this fight on Saturday, which, you know, is tomorrow by the time this goes up. This is probably the most exciting heavyweight fight for me probably since Brock Lesnar versus Frank Mir 2 and that was back in 2009 at UFC 100 so that'll tell you <laughs> and and listen that's not to discredit any fights that have happened since then I suppose for me personally it's probably the most excited I've been for a heavyweight fight since then uh, Francis and Ganu obviously there's been talk of you know what his contract situation is with the UFC. He's gone on record to say in an interview recently, he doesn't want to fight for any less than 500 or $600,000, which Dana White, um, you know, is probably not very happy about at the moment. But listen, Francis is a, he's, you know, he's, he's a master negotiator, you know, and he's making that very clear that he knows how to negotiate. Um, You know, he's the UFC heavyweight champion of the world. He's obviously been in Jackass as well. Uh, the Jackass movie that's coming out next month, which I'm very excited for. You know, he, he's got a lot of outside ventures that he's doing. I know there's talk of him fighting, Tyson Fury in a boxing match. You know, there's there's talk of them doing a boxing match with MMA gloves or an MMA fight with boxing gloves, which sounds like an absolute car crash. How the fuck are you supposed to grapple with boxing gloves on? Just doesn't really make sense to me. But anyway, uh, you know, he's got some outside ventures that he would like to do. And obviously with the UFC, he may not be able to do those and if he went somewhere you know someone said if he went somewhere like bellator maybe he'd be able to do it but i i think francis and ganu no offense to bellator but francis and ganu is levels above bellator you know what i mean so yeah but anyway to to answer the question i mean with all the outside stuff going on within ganu i still think that he hasn't lost his focus on cyril ganu he said that to tyson fury on twitter that you know he, he wants to uh he wants to get past UFC 270 and, and see what happens after that. But obviously Cyril Gann is currently undefeated Um, looked very impressive in his victory against Derek Lewis to win the interim title. And listen, it's a very exciting fight. It's just great to have UFC back. It's great to have the world's greatest combat sports uh, promotion uh, just back doing shows. I really enjoyed uh, fight night last week, which was uh, just, you know, even in the apex, which I'm not a huge fan of because, you know, it's a smaller setting and I feel like the crowd aren't as intense because there's less of them. I, you know, I still enjoyed the card for what it was, but just seeing it back in an arena and and getting that that buzz there with a big heavyweight fight is is very exciting. And I'm going to say Nganu retains. I think it comes down to a case of, like, Cyril Gann is definitely the more technical of the two, but there's a reason they call Nganu the Predator. You know he, he he lurks and he just needs that one powerful strike and it's it's good night Irene you know what I mean um I I I I really do have the utmost respect for Cyril Gann, but I think Francis Ngannou is like he's essentially a black Brock Lesnar he, he's just an absolute freak of nature he's just crazy and as technical as Cyril Gann is. I think Ngannou, similar similarly to Brock, is such a freak of nature with the the powerful strikes he possesses that it's an, it'll be enough to get him over the line. I do think it'll be a close fight. I think it's going to be very intense. I don't know if I'm predicting it to end in the first couple of rounds or I, I can't see it going to a decision. I really can't. But I... I I'm going I'm to predict a second round knockout. I'm-, I'm leaning more towards Ngannou, but I'm going to say the winner either way, it's going to be in the second round and it's going to be via knockout. I can't see it going the full distance. I just can't. I can't see it ending by a submission. Um, but it- it's going to be fireworks. And as I say, it's just really exciting to see the UFC back. And it's, for me, the most ex- exciting heavyweight fight we've had in years. Okay, so we got two questions from James, both wrestling-related, so this should be fun. Uh, The first one is, are you excited about the Royal Rumble? And the second one is, do you miss Phoenix Wrestling at all? Okay, two interesting questions there. Let's answer the first one, because that's probably the most logical thing to do. You know, I'm using logic on, like, certain wrestling promoters over in Alaska. Sometimes you have to use logic, um... And it's not the strong point of others that may or may not be on steroids. But listen, that, that, that's, that's none of my business. But anyway, uh, am I excited about the Royal Rumble? Yes, listen. Lads, I know at the moment I am in a funny place with wrestling. But I will always be excited for the Royal Rumble and for WrestleMania. You, you can't not be excited for the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. I always say about WrestleMania, right? WrestleMania is what people think the Super Bowl is. Because I don't think the Super Bowl is good at all. I'm, I'm not an American football fan. I've never enjoyed it. I've tried watching Super Bowls. I just can't get into it. And I just find it boring. WrestleMania is what everyone thinks the Super Bowl is. For the Royal Rumble. The best thing about a Royal Rumble is. I don't think you have to be a wrestling fan to enjoy it. Because it is just mayhem. It's absolute mayhem. It looks like a clusterfuck of a match to put together. And, you know, to, to try and, you know, come up with spots and stuff. And, and your timing is obviously very important in, in wrestling in general, but especially in a Royal Rumble match or any type of Battle Royal. But I, I'm very excited about the Royal Rumble. The fact that Johnny Knoxville is going to be in it is really, really cool. And and it's great to have that. And listen, AEW would do that little casino Battle Royal thing. Listen, lads, it's it's a good concept. I, I think it's it's good that they've tried to do something different and they've tried to put their own spin on a Battle Royal. But lads, there's you're never you're never beating the Royal Rumble, you know. There's 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 never going to be anything better than the Royal Rumble. So yeah, I'm very excited about the Royal Rumble, and lads, as I say, I, I do still love wrestling. You know what I mean? I I'm I'm very proud that I got to uh, be on two pro wrestling shows. Listen, I, I've I've talked about it enough at this stage. But um, I'm just not watching week-to-week wrestling at the moment. I'm still going back watching old pay-per-views and absolutely loving them. Like, watching classic wrestling at the moment. Since I left Phoenix, I have not enjoyed watching classic wrestling more than I have since, you know, or, you know when I was in Phoenix. Speaking of Phoenix, do I miss Phoenix at all? Um, right. I'm not going to beat around the bush here, and I don't want people to take this the wrong way. No, I don't miss Phoenix wrestling. Not because I hate Phoenix Wrestling. Not because I have anything against anyone of Phoenix Wrestling. I just don't miss it. I am very glad I did it. I'm very glad I tried it. I'm very glad I got to accomplish certain things in that industry. And that I got to be a part of two amazing shows. But I, I, I don't miss it. I... 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 <sighs> I I think I said it in the Phoenix wrestling episode. And I think I've said it since the timing was just right. And I don't have any regrets. I've said it before. lads. just being a referee wasn't satisfying my needs. It wasn't fulfilling me in any sort of, in any sort of way at all towards the end. For me, as I said before, it was a temporary thing that essentially they wanted to be a more permanent thing. And I did my best to get behind it for the best part of a year. And I just felt towards the end that it just wasn't for me. Uh, I struggle to get excited about certain things in wrestling right now. If I hear the word forbidden door one more fucking time or the phrase forbidden door one more time, I'm going to snap. You know, Mickey James from Impact Wrestling, she's going to be in the Royal Rumble this year, which is pretty cool. But I mean, WWE have been doing stuff with Impact for a while now, haven't they? since like 2018, they've been showing classic stuff on the WWE Network. They've, you know, it's, it's just not as interesting anymore, that stuff. And it's, even with AEW, if someone like Chris Jericho shows up, it's really cool, don't get me wrong. But at, at the Royal Rumble, I mean, it would be really cool. But, you know, WWE had Chris Jericho on the WWE Network doing an interview with Stone Cold Steve Austin talking about AEW. So like, I wouldn't say it's much of a forbidden door. I don't think WWE is that worried about AEW or anybody in the wrestling world, nor should they. Like, nor should they. Like, let's be honest, lads. I'm not trying to shit on any other promotion, but WWE have no reason to worry about anybody else. Roman Reigns said it. He he was talking about AEW in particular. And AEW is great, don't get me wrong. But AEW has a very niche audience. It's a very particular audience. It's not for casual fans. It's for wrestling fans. WWE is more... WWE is far more broad in terms of its audience and its reach because it has the recognizable... Like, for example, right? You Anytime, if I was going to like an OTT show up in Dublin, or even if I was going to a Phoenix wrestling show, or even when I was telling people that I was training in pro wrestling, the question would always be, oh, is that the WWE stuff? Is that what you see in WWE? as opposed to oh or oh, like you know or oh, you're doing the wrestling it's always oh that's that that's what you see in WWE you know like for ex- like UFC as well for example like you don't say oh I'm into MMA you say I'm a fan of the UFC now I tend not to because I you know I, I like watching stuff outside of UFC as well but if you say to someone that you watch MMA you know the the way you'll say it is, I watch you, I feel like I'm not making sense here at all. Essentially, there's, there's brand recognition in certain industries. So, like, in wrestling, it's WWE. In MMA, it's UFC. Like, football is, like, an exception because, you know, you have Manchester United, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Liverpool. You've got loads of big clubs, Arsenal, Chelsea, you know, many, many more. Whereas, you know, WWE, there's no reason to worry because... You're, if you tell someone you like wrestling, they're not going to say, oh, is that that AEW stuff? They're always going to say, that's that WWE stuff. Just like with MMA, you say, oh, I like watching MMA or I like watching cage fighting. People will say, oh, that's the UFC stuff, isn't it? They're not going to say, that's the Bellator stuff or that's the cage warrior stuff. It's just not how it works. Um, so, yeah, like, listen, I don't want to talk about, I feel like I've spoke about Phoenix wrestling enough on here. But I, I don't miss it, lads, because I feel like I got to achieve pretty much everything I wanted to achieve. I thought I wanted to wrestle a match, and towards the end, that desire kind of went. Uh, I'm looking more towards martial arts now as opposed to wrestling. But I wish everybody at Phoenix nothing but the very best. I wish them every success. I hope that like the main thing I hope for Phoenix Wrestling is that they get to do that show in Neptune. Because that's something I know that Billy Bedlam really wants. That's something that would be great for the, for the talent. It would be great exposure for the promotion, and hopefully they get to do that. And yeah, I, I'm enjoying doing my thing. I know they're all enjoying doing their thing. It just wasn't for me anymore towards the end. But I'm, I'm I'm still a fan. I'm still supportive of them. Uh, but I'm I it was time for me to move on. I'm I'm glad that I've uh, I'm glad that I've moved into something else and I can look back and be very proud of what I achieved there. So there's the honest answer. Um, you know, and, and to be honest with you, I haven't really heard much from people from Phoenix since I left. Uh, Matt Schuyler, to be fair to him, reached out to me about a week ago or two weeks ago. And that was great. Haven't really heard from anybody else, but that's not me complaining. That's just, listen, people have busy lives. I have a busy life. So yeah, I think everyone's doing their own thing and there's no bad blood on either end. And, And yeah, that's the last I'm going to mention of Phoenix Wrestling on here. So you're allowed to ask questions about anything else. You can ask questions about pro wrestling. That's fine. Just not about Phoenix Wrestling anymore. So there we go. There we have it. Okay, up next we have a question from David who says, I saw your video on the FA Cup on TikTok. Do you think they should get rid of the League Cup in the near future? Good question. Um, So for anyone who doesn't know, I can already tell that people have skipped over the wrestling and MMA stuff, and now they're going to skip over the football stuff, and I totally understand, but listen... You know, these are things that are synonymous with me. So we got to talk about these things. Uh, so it was a video put up by a guy called Jonathan. I can't remember his second name. I've actually seen a few of his videos on TikTok. He's uh, he's, he's Irish as well. Seems like a nice guy. Very knowledgeable about football. A Liverpool fan, so not very happy about that because obviously I'm a United fan. But listen, you know, that's all. That's all tongue in cheek. You know, it's, it's, all, it's a game at the end of the day. We all enjoy it. And I, I, I enjoy talking to people who support other clubs. I think it's interesting. Um, he essentially put up a video talking about why he thinks the FA Cup has lost its credibility and why the League Cup is better, which is interesting because I haven't heard many people say that. And then Tom Garrett responded, who is a West Brom fan from the Midlands, by saying that foreign fans are the reason why the FA Cup has lost a bit of its uh, tradition and why it doesn't seem as important anymore. Now, he didn't say it in a disrespectful way. I think Tom actually made a lot of good points. I actually agree with Tom on certain things that he said. So what I'm going to say about that is, do I think the League Cup should be abolished? I don't think it should be abolished completely. I just don't see the reason why Premier League teams need to be involved in it. Like, the only other country in the top five leagues, I think, that has two domestic cups is France. They have uh, their version of the FA Cup and they have a League Cup. I think it's literally called the French League Cup. I just don't see the point because... Listen, the FA Cup, for example, like Tom was basing it off of history and tradition and the fact that for smaller teams, because people forget with the League Cup, it goes from Premier League, Championship League 1 and League 2. The FA Cup goes all the way down to the preliminary rounds uh, in August. So it's it's, uh, between non-league clubs as well. A non-league team or a lower division team getting to the third round of the FA Cup financially could sort them out for four or five years. That's how important the FA Cup is. So the further they get in it, the the more important it is. I'm a fan of Manchester United, the biggest club, not just in England, but in the world. We are. There's no doubt about that. Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, very big clubs. Nobody makes headlines like Manchester United. That's why we're the biggest club in the world. Biggest fan base, biggest support, biggest hatred as well, probably. Let's be honest about it. But I've seen Manchester United win two FA Cups properly. And I've seen us lose a couple of finals along the way. I cannot express how much I was uh, how emotional I was after we won the FA Cup in 2016. Like I've seen us win Premier League titles, Champions League titles you know multiple times but that FA Cup in 2016 was unbelievably heartwarming not just because it was the first major trophy poster Alex but because there is just something special about the FA Cup. The League Cup doesn't have that and the reason I think Premier League teams need to come out of it is because what's really at stake? You have a final halfway through the season, which has actually been on my birthday a few times. I've seen Manchester United win it on my birthday back in 2010, my 12th birthday. I've also seen fucking Man City win it on my 18th birthday, but they beat Liverpool, so a bit of a double-edged sword, but I suppose the lesser of two evils won it in that regard. Um, let, let's, let's not even talk about the historic stuff, right? Let's talk about the modern state of the FA Cup and the League Cup. Let's say you don't finish in a European place in the league and you win the FA Cup you get qualification to the group stage of the Europa League. And of course, if you win the Europa League, you get into the Champions League. So there's a lot at stake there. If you win the League Cup, you get a third-round qualifier for the Europa Conference League, which is obviously the new UEFA competition they've added this year. So you don't even go straight into the group stages. This is obviously if you haven't finished any European spot in the league. And... You go into a competition, which if you win, it gets you into the Europa League, which yes, eventually if you win, it gets you into the Champions League, but it's just such a small reward for a competition that doesn't really need to be there for Premier League teams. I think they need to get rid of that Papa John's trophy, that fucking Johnson's pain trophy, whatever they call it in uh, League One and League Two. Just get rid of that because that's only between League One and League Two teams. There's literally nothing on the line for that. And take Premier League teams out of the League Cup, and just have it between Championship League 1 and League 2 teams. And put, maybe, maybe put a European spot on the line for them. Make it a bit interesting, have some lower division teams fight it out for a European place. Why not? Or maybe just give them some sort of, I don't know, backdoor entry into promotion. Like let's make it interesting. Let let's make it. Ha- let's let's have something on the line. Maybe maybe I think the whole format needs to be changed. Of it really, the FA Cup. I think I've heard people say a, a way they could make the FA Cup more prestigious is to take away the fourth place in the Premier League and give the fourth Champions League spot to the FA Cup winners and only give it to the fourth place team if the FA Cup winners finish in the top three. Uh, it's not the worst idea. I just don't know how that would fare. I suppose the only thing about that lads is. I mean, Wigan won the FA Cup in 2013 and got relegated. Do you really want a championship team in the Champions League? And I know people will say that's just contradicted what I just said about you know, the Championship League one and the two teams fighting out fighting it out for a European spot. I think there's a difference between a lower division English team being in the Europa Conference League than a championship team being in the Champions League. Do you know what I mean? So um, I think it's, it's a bit of a risk, especially when you want to see your teams doing well in the Champions League. So I, I don't know what I go that far, but it's, it's an interesting idea, you know? I, I don't think it's the worst idea. I think it definitely would make people care a lot more about um, the FA Cup. But listen, that's, I just think for what the FA Cup does for the smaller teams alone makes it better. And the fact that, you know, if you don't qualify for Europe via the league, it just it gives you an automatic entry into the Europa League group stage. I just think all these things cancel out the League Cup. I don't even think it's a debate with the FA Cup and the um, the League Cup listen, the League Cup's great if you win it. It's one of those trophies that you don't really think about much at the start of the season. But then if you get to the final, it's like, oh, great, and if you win it, fantastic. But like, I remember the last time United won it was in 2017, and it was great. But at that stage, we're still in the Europa League, and we're still fighting for a place in the top four in the Premier League. So it was great to win a trophy, don't get me wrong, but it did feel a little bit like, okay, that's great, let's move on to the next game. So yeah, I think that they should take Premier League teams out of it, and Yeah, as I say, for the European spot and the lower league financial um, situations alone, I think the FA Cup is far more superior than the League Cup. Okay, I've got two questions up next, which I'm going to try and combine into one. The first one is, what did you think of CM Punk in the UFC? And the second one is, who else from the WWE do you think could actually uh, fight? Oh, okay, it just cuts off there. I I assume they mean fighting the UFC. Okay, so this is a very UFC-heavy uh, episode, which is great. I know some people will have skipped over it, but who cares? What do I think, or what did I think of CM Punk in the UFC? So, listen, I'm a huge CM Punk fan. CM Punk's one of my heroes, and not just in, in like wrestling, but just in life. He's just been one of my absolute just icons, and... I know I joke about the whole Kevin Matthews situation, but the reason I suppose I was so mad at Kevin Matthews was when CM Punk responded to me on Twitter, like I honestly, I fangirled because that was my teenage hero, you know, responding to me. And, and it was like, even though it's just a little one word response, it meant the world to me. And then for fucking big fucking steroid taken dickhead with his small promotion in the back ass um, trying to ruin that for me. That's, I suppose, why I've, I've held a bit more of a grudge towards Kevin Matthews, is because he ruined that moment for me all over a little joke. So, yeah, hopefully, you know, hopefully hopefully one day I can actually talk to Kevin Matthews about that, because, you know, I, it, just, it was just a dick move, I think. But anyway, I've said enough shit about him now that I don't think we ever will talk. So, yeah, you know, fuck you, Kevin. Go fucking take your stupid fucking steroids. But anyway, uh, CM Punk in the UFC. <laughs> listen i was very excited at the time huge wrestling fan huge mma fan i was unbelievably buzzed i was not delusioned into thinking that cm punk was going to have the same success as brock lesnar listen brock lesnar is an absolute freak of nature he's a former ncaa division one heavyweight wrestling champion that's amateur wrestling not pro wrestling he has a legit background and brock is just a fucking freak of nature CM Punk is not a freak of nature. CM Punk has never been known as the most athletic pro wrestler. Never mind legit fighter. It was never going to be a case of CM Punk being a world champion in UFC. I admire his want to test himself and the balls it takes for someone with no experience to go into an octagon in the biggest promotion in the world and test himself. Some people will call it delusion. Some people will call it stupidity. I still think it's bravery because he picked a great camp with Duke Rufus and, and Rufus Sport. He was training with some great fighters. He was really being shown, you know the right techniques. you can't fault his training. Everything in that regard he did correctly. However, When you look at the four-year period between them announcing Punk signing for the UFC and his final fight against Michael Jackson, yes, that was the guy he fought. His name was Michael Jackson. It was very hard to see any progress from Punk. I think a lot of that is down to the fact that he had accumulated a lot of injuries from his time in wrestling. I think it's the fact that he was in his mid-30s when he started. I think it's the lack of any... Legit background in combat sports. Yeah, okay, he might have trained a little bit in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He might have done a little bit in Muay Thai, but he didn't compete in these disciplines. He he trained them. He essentially did them as a hobby, but he wasn't a skilled like you know. He wasn't a national champion in any of them. He wasn't you know. He he had no venture in those avenues he just did them as a hobby it's essentially like me with muay thai i did muay thai for the best part of 4 years but i never fought i just did it as a hobby as opposed to amateur wrestling which i actually you know competed in um it it it's you know it, it there's a big difference between training and competing you know, or, you know sorry let me take that back it's a, there's a big difference between training as a hobby and training for competition and punk had never trained for competition when i saw mickey gall For the first time Which was the fight Against Mike Jackson Which determined Who was going to fight CM Punk uh, In his UFC debut I remember watching it And Thinking Okay Either CM Punk's A hell of a lot Fucking better than Everyone thought he is Or this is a horrible Mismatch and This is going to end Very badly And unfortunately It was the latter And not the former I think that it's a it was a good experiment for the UFC because it sold pay-per-views. It got a lot of new eyes on the product. You know, I was already an MMA fan at that stage, but it took a lot of people who weren't MMA fans from wrestling to you know watch MMA, which was great. Um, and yeah, in, in that aspect, it was a success because people actually got you know people got exposed to the sport, which was great. It did show, however, that the average human being. Now, Punk, I think, is tougher than the average human being, but the 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 average human being without any combat sport experience, legit combat sport experience, should not be fighting in the UFC. Not to say that he should never have fought in MMA. I think he definitely could have fought at a lower level at first, but I suppose time was against him with his age. And Punk said it himself. He would have been stupid to turn down the offer that he got initially from Dana White because... It was a lot of money to achieve a lifelong dream. And yeah, fair play to Punk for that. And the thing about Punk as well is he ate some humble pie afterwards and he was really, really cool about both times he'd gotten the octagon. Didn't make any excuses. Didn't make any, um, you know, didn't try and put the blame on anybody else. He ate some humble pie and was like, look, I gave it a shot and it didn't work out. And fair fucks to him for that. The the following question to that, is there anyone in the the WWE that I think could... um, actually fight in, in the UFC or MMA in general. Of course, I think there's, you know, more than people want to admit. You know, uh, obviously Gable Stevenson who's just signed with WWE, he just won a, an Olympic gold medal in, in amateur wrestling. Uh, you know, he was linked with a move to the UFC before he signed with WWE. Um, so I think that he would definitely do really well. Um, uh, Baron Corbin is a former Golden Gloves boxer. So... Not not, not only do I think he would do well, I know that he would do well. You know, someone who I think would be a really good MMA fighter, to be honest, and listen, maybe I might be totally wrong about this, but it, I just get a feeling, is Roman Reigns. I feel like Roman would be a badass. Roman gives me Brock vibes. I, I, th- I think Roman w- would handle himself pretty well. He comes from a very tough Simone family. I, I, I think Roman Reigns would be quite good at it. Uh, Chad Gable, I think, you know, Very good amateur wrestling background, former Olympian, Shelton Benjamin, national wrestling champion. There's lots of guys there. Um, I was going to say someone like Malachi Black, but I know he's not in WWE. He's in AEW, but he has really impressive. I think he's a better fighter than CM Punk. I think he would do better than Punk. I just wonder, again, he's got a great kickboxing background, but I just don't know if it's more theatrical than it is shoot. Listen, he probably kicked my ass, don't get me wrong, but I just don't know if... uh, if, I just don't know if his level would go to legit competition. But I might be wrong. I think he'd be a better kickboxer than he would be a mixed martial artist. But uh, I I think he'd do okay. I think he'd do better than Punk. And if we're going way back... I mean, Kurt Angle, listen, would have been a fucking killer in MMA. Um, I think Undertaker would have done really well at it. Uh, I think that... Who else do I think would have done really well in MMA from old school pro wrestling? Bret Hart. Bret Hart had a strong amateur background. Yeah, listen, there's there's more than people want to admit. Pro wrestlers are very tough in their own right. You know what I mean? They're the tough tough guns, tough sons of bitches. But some of them are tough in in a, in a different way than you have to be in in the world of mixed martial arts. But that's not taking anything away from from anyone. And the final MMA question is, what was your fight of the year of 2021? Very MMA-heavy-themed episode here, but listen, the fact that UFC 270 is tomorrow by the time this goes out, I think it's appropriate. My fight of the year for 2021, without a doubt, was Alexander Volkanovsky versus Brian Ortega for the title at UFC. Why can't I remember what fucking UFC event that was? Was that 266? Oh my god, I feel... Googling live whilst recording... uh, Or... Excuse me, Volkanovski versus Ortega was at, yeah, 266. For some reason, I forgot about that. Uh, It was obviously for uh, the title as well. And, you know, featherweight's a very competitive division, which... You know, it's probably my favorite division in the UFC right now. Uh, I think lightweight's up there as well. I mean, heavyweight's pretty fucking killing it at the moment. as well. It's pretty good too. But uh, the fact that they had the ultimate fighter build up, the fact that they both have unbelievable records, the fact that there was so much bad blood going into the fight, Brian Ortega's entrance with the whole purge uh, gimmick, and you know, uh, Volkanovski coming out to a, um, a land down under, which the remix of that, by the way, is fucking epic, if you haven't heard it. But, um... Ah, uh, d- that was the best fight I've seen live ever. You know, like in my early days of watching UFC, I didn't get to see a lot of shows live. I actually saw them like two weeks after they happened. Um, you know, now I'm lucky enough. I get to watch the majority of them live. And this was just like, ah, oh, lads, 2021 was such a good year for mixed martial arts and for the UFC. A lot of people say, uh, Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler from UFC 269 was great. Uh, sorry, not that it was great. That it was the fight of the year. Uh, for an undercard fight, yeah. But I still think I, I just I I think volkanovski Ortega has been criminally overlooked as fight of the year. I think it was fucking phenomenal. I I just think it was fantastic. Just I can't praise I can't praise it too highly. It was an amazing fight. I think that I think can't remember if it was like the third or fourth round or maybe it was the second round. I mean, Volkanovski's dominating and Ortega just gets him in the, the, the guillotine and thinking, holy shit, this is it. And for Volkanovski to get out of it, it was just, it was great. It was just, I i really enjoyed it. Um, I, I don't think any fight came close to it in 2021. And that's saying something because there was some amazing fights in 2021. Just a beautiful year for mixed martial arts uh, and, and for UFC, you know, just the, the sport, for the sport in general and, and for, the, for the company, it was fantastic. You know, I was a bit of a lapsed fan for a couple of years after Bisping and GSP retired and 2021 got me right back in. And, I, and I'm so happy about that. So yeah, I'm sure I'm after just boring some people to death with all this talk about, you know, MMA and football and and pro wrestling and whatever, but uh, yeah, it's just, just a great year for, for mixed martial arts. And yeah, that, that's, that, that's, yeah, that's all I got to say for now, because I I can already tell some people have skipped over this part, (laughs) but what I will say there as well is I am thinking with straight out of Klein, I'm going to set up my own combat sports show in association with this, so that we can talk about things in length on there, and people can uh, tune in if they want to, if they're into that sort of thing, and they don't have to tune in if they don't want to as well. And we can have straight out of client be kind of the talk about, you know, think about it in Joe Rogan context. You know, he has the Joe Rogan experience where he brings on guests from all different genres and walks of life and then he has the mma show where he brings on people from the world of mixed martial arts we'll essentially be doing that on here um i'm just not sure when that's going to be but we'll see we'll see how it goes okay and up next the second to last question is will you ever bring back the reb devil show Oh lads, this is a question that uh, I was hoping wouldn't come up, but listen, it's come up now, so I may as well address. Uh, I may as well address it. So when I used to do Joe Turn Rising, I uh, mainly talked about wrestling, but for a period, a brief period of time, I did some other things as well. Because as everyone knows, I'm a huge football fan. I love Manchester United. I live, eat, sleep, and breathe that club. I'm wearing a Manchester United jersey right now as I'm recording this. Um and i set up my own football show called the Reb devil show this was a one man show to begin with i just spoke about different things in the football world and i had a great time doing it on my own i really did i really as a one man show thought it was thought it was really good and yeah yeah it was it was it was it was, it was great after a few months uh, an old friend of mine who i don't talk to anymore Uh, we collaborated and decided to make it a two-man show. And for me, that's where the show went downhill. Because I think that we had two different visions of how we wanted that show to go. It wasn't the case of having two different points of view. I think that makes for a great show. This was a case of, I wanted it to be fan opinion. I wanted it to be light-hearted. I wanted it to be two lads just having the crack talking about football. And my co-host wanted it to be us sounding like X pros I felt like they were trying more to... I felt like they were coming at at an angle of they wanted to get their voice out there and they wanted everyone to think, Jesus, aren't they very passionate? It came across very fake, if I'm being honest. I didn't enjoy recording it. I didn't enjoy um editing it. I didn't like listening back to any of the episodes. I don't listen back to all of my episodes, but sometimes I do if I feel like that they were decent um like i've enjoyed doing this show I, I feel like i probably will listen back to this show which which is good um but the reb devil show i didn't like listening back to me and the person who were recording that show listen we have some differences i had some grievances with them which i told them about and it kind of came to nothing and i just i think we decided back uh i think it was september or october of last year that it was best we went our separate ways And that's life, lads. That's life. Um, Sometimes people grow apart. And that's been a tough lesson that I had to learn in multiple different aspects of my life. And it's just, you know, it it is what it is. You know, I'm not sad about it. I'm not bitter about it. I walked away when I felt like the time was right to walk away. If there's one lesson to learn in life, lads, it's that if you can look back on a situation and think, I gave that everything that I... I put my blood, sweat, and tears into it. I have no regrets. I did everything possible to make it right. Then, what else can you do? Nothing. As long as you can look back and say all those things, even in failure, you have to look at it as a a success. Listen, to very briefly talk about it, I spoke about the person who I knew who did the acting course in CSN um, back when I was doing journalism there. That was... A friendship that I never thought I would have lived without. That If that ever ended, I didn't think that I would be able to function. And here I am, like, what, three years later? Two and a bit years later? And your life goes on, you know? And, of course, there's sad days. Of course, there's moments where you feel sad about it. Of course, there's memories that pop up in your head where you feel sad about it. But you just got to push through. You know what I mean? It's just (sighs) life. Life's not fair sometimes. But so what? You know, there's always, I think if my story has shown anything is that there is always, there is always a future. There's always something to look forward to. There's always a goal that you can achieve. There's always something you can push towards. There's always something you can aim towards. And that's the way you got to look at it. Uh, with the Reb Devil Show, it was something we tried. It was something we gave a go. We gave it a few attempts, actually. Never enjoyed doing it. Didn't like doing it. Probably felt like we started two years too late. I think if we'd started that show maybe two years earlier or three years earlier... Maybe it would have seen different success, but you know that that's you know hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, I'm I probably will do a football show on here as well as well as a combat sport show. Um, that's something I could definitely start up in the future, but we'll see. I don't really have any burning desire to do it right now. Uh, as much as I love football, um, sometimes I kind of just like talking about it. As you know, a hobby, as opposed to wanting to have a big platform. You know, I, I talk. If you want to hear me talk about football, go on, go up to, to to TikTok because I talk about football an awful lot in there. Um, in podcast form, I'm not as fast. I love talking about football with people who are football fans. You know what I mean? I don't really like just talking about football for the sake of talking about football. You know what I mean? Uh would love to collaborate with the guys in the United stand. I think that would be great. Would love to, um, do some stuff with, with some of those channels. I'd like to do collaborations with people on, on football, um, starting up my own show, possibly in the future, but don't expect it anytime soon. But that's the story with the Reb devil show. Lads, listen, me and that person, we've just, we've gone our separate ways. I'm doing my thing. They're doing their thing. It is what it is. I'm not bitter about it. I don't think I've been as happy in my life. Um, in such a long time as I am now, since I walked away from that group of people I was with before. And yeah, that's just the way things go. No regrets. It is what it is. We gave it a go. It didn't work out. Life goes on. Simple as that. And the final question comes in from Dara, once again, who says, No, seriously, are you related to Dr. Dre? Once again, Dara, yes. So anyway, that will do it again for this episode of Straight Outta Klein. We're 47 minutes in. Holy shit, that's crazy. Uh, I just realised now how long I've actually been recording. That's absolutely mad. But yeah, no lads, really enjoying doing this show. As I said there, I will be breaking off into different little branches of you know types of shows I want to do uh, on Straight Outta Klein. Um, obviously, I've 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 got the idea for the for the combat show football show maybe down the line we already have Celtic Kodak which will return one day don't worry me Park and Alex just have very busy schedules at the moment that just don't match up and yeah one day one day that will change and I'm looking forward to that day but until then thank you so much for listening to Straight Out of Clyde. next week it will not be a Q&A I will come up with a more original idea so don't you worry about that but uh we will do a Q&A again uh, in February will be very exciting please let me know any suggestions of stuff you would like to hear on this show and yeah until then i will talk to you all later